Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The Eagles are at the podium at Mandatory Minicamp, and we also have some insight on the Carson Wentz contract details that were released today. This is all brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist, and today we have a special episode for you, as not only do we have Doug Peterson's two press conferences from Tuesday and Wednesday, but first, we have a segment for you that should help clarify some of the details you may have seen regarding the Carson Wentz extension. My co-host of the Kiston Solak Show, Benjamin Solak, is one of the best minds we have here at PGN, not only with football in general, but when it comes to contracts. And he wrote a piece explaining the extension for BleedingGreenNation.com, and I also had him record some audio for us to explain it to you, gentle listener. Let's hear what Ben had to say on the matter. Okay, we're chatting Carson Wentz extension because we got some more details today, which is Wednesday, on how this contract is constructed. And actually, as Albert Breer said, this is one of the most confusing contracts that we have. But it's not too tricky to figure out when you get into the nitty gritty. So uh, a six-year deal, as was originally reported, looking at somewhere in the $128 million, could be up to $144 million with escalators, right? The first item that concerned a lot of people was the option bonus. Field Yates uh, of ESPN, his original report said that there was a team option for 2020 at $30 million. What does that mean? Well, what it's implied there is that you, you can't really guarantee an option. It's an option. It's not guaranteed. And so what gets put into place there, an option bonus is able to be prorated just like a signing bonus is. So Carson Wentz's signing bonus was $16.3 million. As we know, signing bonuses get prorated over the course of a contract. Carson Wentz's deal is six years, but the max you can prorate a bonus over is five years. And so while Carson's deal runs from 2019 to 2024, his signing bonus is only prorated from 2019 to 2023. So we we can look at this option bonus, which starts in 2020, as like a secondary signing bonus. It's a way to prorate even more money, so you spread out the cap hit over multiple seasons, but it adds that sixth year of the contract. And so when we say it's a team option for 2020 at 30 million, what we're really saying here is we're going to spend six million on Carson in 2020, again in 2021, 2022, 2023, and 2024. And that's how you buy in to the 2024 year of the deal. That's kind of that, that actual option is really for 2024, if you want to think about it that way. The other thing that's really important about understanding the option bonus leans more into how the rest of Carson's salary was constructed. There's something called the 30% rule, which dictates that if you're going to build a contract that goes from one CBA into the next CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, which kind of defines a lot of the contract rules between the NFL and the NFLPA. Well, if you want to make a contract that spans two CBAs, there's a 30% rule in place to dictate that 
after the final capped year of one CBA, you can only increase salaries into the next years of the new CBA by 30% of that final capped year or less, which might sound confusing, but basically just think of it as there's a ceiling for how much bigger you can make a guy's contract into years into which we don't currently have a CBA because otherwise there's a little bit too much room for random like money. There's, there might be uncapped years. Who really knows? And so it kind of keeps things under control in a time that's right now occluded. That 30% rule is used by calculating all of all of the base salary and, and, and all of the roster bonuses and the option bonus, $6 million over five years, but it doesn't include the signing bonus. And so breaking up that signing bonus was important to give Carson a bigger contract number in 2020 so the Eagles can continue to increase and make larger and larger figures in 2021 and beyond because they have to pay Carson a big salary. And that 30% rule was going to limit how much they could pay him if they kept 20 2020 really, really low. And so that's kind of the, the function that that option serves. And so if we look at it in effect, if we look at really what the cap hits look like, in 2019, Carson will have an $8.4 million cap hit. That comes from a very small base salary, the first chunk of his signing bonus on his new deal, and the last chunk of his old signing bonus. Remember, the old signing bonus when he signed his rookie deal is still prorated into 2019. Now, in 2020, we get bigger. It's an $18.7 million cap hit. And you might say, I thought the Eagles picked up the 2020 fifth-year option of Carson Wentz, right? First-round pick, pick up his fifth-year option. They did, but you're allowed to negotiate extensions before that money becomes fully guaranteed at the beginning of the 2020 league year. You're allowed to negotiate extensions. And if you negotiate an extension, you can just wash that fifth year option away. So it vanishes. 18.7 million is the cap hit. Then we move into 2021. And this is where things get a lot bigger. Uh, Carson has, as it currently stands, a 3.9 million dollar base salary that, with incentives, is expected to jump up to 15.4. So it's not 15.4 base, but rather it's 3.9 base with incentives of 11.5 million. And together, that makes the 15.4 grand total cap hit of around 34.7 million, 31.2 in 2022, 34.2 in 2023, and 32 flat in 2024. So Carson will cost more than $30 million per year from 2021 and beyond. But by that time, we expect there to be a lot more 30 million plus contracts in, in, in quarterbacks and in the league, Carson's kind of one of the, the, the first one and what we expect to be a long line of extensions. And so these numbers on expected to be bigger deal on bigger uh, salary cap ceilings will look like progressively smaller and smaller deals. The last and most important note to remember is that 2020 is not an uncapped year. It is the final year of the CBA, but unlike 2009, 2010, which was the last time we transitioned CBAs, there is no language in the current CBA for an uncapped year. So when 2010 went uncapped, 2020 will not. And so we, we should not anticipate Howie pouring a ton of money into 2020 because there's just no cap space. That's not the case. And actually, most teams are more conservative in uncapped years than they are in capped years. That's a basic look at Carson Wentz's contract. If you check out bleedinggreennation.com, you will see the whole post breaking down how the 30% rule works, how all the years are broken up in base salary, roster bonus, option bonus, and all that terminology. And you can see how our understanding of the contract is changing based off of the new reports that are coming out as the big guys uh, further understand this complicated contract. So Carson Wentz is a new deal. He's in Philadelphia through 2024. And that is good news, folks.
Great information from Ben that cleared up a lot of questions that I had as these contracts. I mean, especially this one. This one was making my head spin, let me tell you. So thank you, Ben, for that. And hopefully it gave some much needed clarity to the situation. Before we get to Doug's pressers, keep an eye out for a new fireside chat dropping into your feed later today. This was all about being a general manager, including thoughts from Dan Hatman of the Scouting Academy on Joe Douglas and how his departure for the Jets impacts the Eagles. We'll also have an eye on the enemy extra concerning the Washington Redskins where I talk with Mark Bullock of The Athletic to get his take on things. And of course, your regularly scheduled BGN radio will drop Friday morning. So all of that is coming up here soon at BGN. Make sure you're subscribed and also following BGN at BGN underscore radio. As always, five-star ratings and funny reviews are always appreciated. Keep those coming. All right, the next segment you'll hear is Doug Peterson speaking to the media on Tuesday. And then after the break, it'll be Doug Peterson doing the same from Wednesday. Let's join him at the podium right now good afternoon how are you well, how are you how are you guys the, beautiful uh, day have you had a conversation with Malcolm Jenkins yet and is he going to practice throughout this week yeah I saw him you know yesterday I saw him this morning um you know he's in great spirits and, and he's out there and uh you know expect him to uh to go through the drills and see where he's at is everybody here? yes I had to think about that person a lot of guys uh yeah everybody's here how big is that I, I think it's huge. I, I, listen, it's it's a credit to these to these players. Um, I, I know it's just short. You know, it's just a short window here at the end of the, the off season. It's starting yesterday. Really, it's a four day. You know, four days with these three uh, right here. But but it's huge for these guys to wrap up this off season together. I, I think this is the the most important part of the off season. Really, uh, this is when your team is together and at the crucial time. But again, it's short. But at the same time, it's it's where we begin to kind of build and continue building uh, the the bonds and relationships that are going to carry us into the into the season. Is Miles Sanders ready to practice yet? And, and either way, how much has he missed by not? Being yeah, I'm, I'm still going to hold Miles um, this week. Um, you know, obviously it's um, you know it, it it hurts a little bit that he's not getting the the physical rep, but. Uh, you know, um, I don't want to risk him any further. You know, uh, we'll wait till wait till camp and get him out there. But he's getting a lot of mental reps. Uh, Deuce is grilling him and drilling him in the uh, in the classroom, and and uh, he's getting a lot of mental reps on the field. You talk about what it's like for players to have everyone in the building, but for you as a coach, how does it open up things knowing that you have everyone here minus the guys that are dealing with injuries? Yeah, I mean, again, for me, it's it's the same way. Um, you get a chance to see all these guys, you know, face to face in a team setting, and. And really address the entire football team, and you know, even though you know maybe not all the guys will practice, you know, and that's not really the the purpose, but just to have them all here this week for me is uh, it's exciting. And uh, the message that I can send later in the week as we depart and, and go on into the summer uh, will carry over into, into training camp, and it'll it'll resonate with the guys you know all summer. Doug, it didn't seem like there's a lot of optimism uh, about Malcolm being here for minicamp. Uh, did you talk to him? Did he have a change of heart? Or, or what's your understanding why he decided to totally show up? You know, this offseason program's voluntary. And he never once said he was holding out, I don't believe. Um, and uh, it's no different than Jason Peters and Lane Johnson, Alshon. I mean, you know, these guys are veteran players. And they understand what it takes to get ready. And they've played a long time. And they've been excellent. They're Pro Bowl type players. and. Uh, uh, I'm not worried about Malcolm or any of those other guys I mentioned coming in ready to go. Doc, how does the deal done for Carson Wentz now 
How much do you think it'll benefit him, benefit you and this football team to have that potential distraction just out of the way where you can just focus on football and not have to worry about anything else going on? I, I think that's the, probably the biggest thing is the, you know, just the, that lingering distraction. And I don't have to stand up here and ask questions and answer questions over and over and over again. Um, to get it behind us now. I'm excited for Carson, obviously, and his family. I'm also excited for the Eagles organization that uh, we were able to extend him. And, you know, uh, I've said this all along that, that he and I came in this league together, you know, rookie quarterback and, and rookie head coach. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of married to this, this deal, too. So uh, I'm excited. Puts it behind him. Uh, he can focus on ball. Uh, we don't have that lingering distraction into training camp or into the regular season, and um, you know we can just focus on football. Doug, how does Jason Peter? Paul Orlow practiced the first weekend, but hasn't practiced since. Is he practicing this week? Do you have a setback? Yeah, he's uh, you know just we're just still monitoring him, you know. Uh, but but he was out there today and 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 going through you know the walkthrough portion of practice, so anticipate him going through the, the drills this week. How does Jason Peters look? And what is your plan for him in terms of practicing now and when training camp starts? Will you continue kind of? Interspersed. Uh, yeah, I mean, activity. Jason came in came in, in great shape. Um, he looks good. He's, he he feels good. Um, I spoke with him yesterday, and, and listen, we'll we'll take care of Jason like 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 we've done in the past. Um, you know, I think one thing Coach Stoutland does a great job of, of really getting him the reps he needs to get and and to be ready for you know the regular season, and uh, we'll continue to do that with him. Does the departure of Joe Douglas change anything for you in your day to day? No. With uh, both tackles here and Alshon here, you finally get to see your full first-team offense. I imagine what are you expecting to see from them this week. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, it, it's it's great to have them all here. By no means are we in uh, you know mid-season form. Uh, there's still going to be some timing and some things that we got to continue to work on. That's that's why we, we practice and, and get ready for camp. But again, just having everybody here in the huddle together. Um, you know, this is the first time that you know Big V and Lane are going to work together, you know, on the right side. And, and then Isaac, who's been here to, to, again, start working with JP. And, and so, you know, again, that's, that's what this time is about, to build, to build those, those bonds and, and um, you know, just looking for guys to come out of it healthy. Dave was talking yesterday, Doug, about the possibility of using Deshaun as on punt returns uh, occasionally this year. I know the season's a long way off, but is that something you can envision? I can. <laughs> you know, Deshaun's a, 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 an exceptional player, and he's special, and uh, he's very electric, you know, obviously with the ball in his hands. And, um, you know, there's times when we use him uh, when, when maybe you need to get that, you know, that one punt return that can flip a field and, and maybe put you in field goal position or at least score a touchdown at the end of the game to win. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll pick our spots with him. But uh, um, even talking with Deshaun, you know, you know he, he's excited for that opportunity as well. Doug, how different does this time feel compared to last year? You know, coming off the first Super Bowl in franchise history, uh, there were a lot of injuries. Carson and Alshon and everyone else, Brandon, weren't really ready to start the season. To have everyone here now ready to go, focused, and, and they're coming off some injuries, but does it feel a little different now, like you guys are a little more together? It does. Um, you know, we're still missing some pieces on defense, obviously, and, and you know, Brandon Brooks is not out there, you know, with the, with the O-line, you know, Fletcher, Nigel, Darby, Mills, these guys are still working through their uh, McLeod, Rodney, you know, they're still working through their injuries. But but still to have everybody 
in the building and to have everybody here this week to to get on the same page is is exciting. And uh, again, it kind of goes back to you know my messaging to the team as the week goes on that everybody now is going to hear it, and then we can carry that into into training camp. Do you anticipate him missing any portion of the season? It's hard to say right now. I mean, he's you know he's doing uh, really well. Obviously, optimistic in, in what he's what he's doing and what he's accomplishing. He's working extremely hard. Um, it's just hard to put a you know a definite on that right now. Speaking of the messaging, uh, you, you were talking about. Uh, do you ever change things up as far as mini camp OTAs, just the scheduling to keep things fresh? Or anything of that nature. I did a couple things this spring, um, you know, just to give our um, guys a chance. Really, the guys, meaning the the strength conditioning staff, to really focus on on the weight room aspect, which is a lot of the off season is conditioning. Um, and so, for instance, if the offense were meeting, I'd had the defense in the in the weight room, so so both parties weren't necessarily meeting at the same time, and then trying to cram everybody in the weight room at the same time. Just just finding ways to you know, uh, maximize our time. It's very limited uh, during the week with the number of hours that we can work with our players. Um, try to get creative with practice, with situational stuff and, and, and points of emphasis, um, you know, with, with the OTA practices. And um, But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's still we have to execute, you know, all three phases and, and get good at that. What made you want to cancel the OTA session last Thursday? So I didn't have to talk to you guys? You I would have been on Thursday if I'd had an OTA. I just think again, it's important that uh, we spend time together um, in a, in a in a casual, relaxed, have fun type of atmosphere. I think it's really important that we do that. Coaches, players, it, you know, for the four hours, it gives everybody a chance to really, you know, um, kind of get to know each other a little bit better. Um, and. And, and for teams that, that can do that and, and spend that kind of time, I think, I think it benefits you down the road in December and January when you really need to lean on somebody um, and trust somebody you know, uh, out on the field. So many of the injuries. Alex Singleton was a bad. He had like two oh bull like a 208, I think it was. It's pretty nice. Probably, uh, probably uh, Casey Weidel. Yeah. So many of the injuries are in the second No, it's Chris Nolan. Sorry, it's Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan. So many of the injuries from lingering from last year in the secondary uh, with the two cornerbacks and, and Rodney. Um, how much, and, and with Malcolm not being here for the, the last couple of weeks, how much of a concern is the, the overall continuity going into camp in the secondary and not having those guys together? You know, I, I look at the other way. I look at the guys that played at the end of the season. Those guys were out there this spring. So those are the guys that are getting the reps right now, and, and, and it's valuable. Um, you know, the Rizul Douglases are out there getting better. Sidney Jones is working himself back and, and getting a ton of reps. You know, uh, Craven LeBlanc is out there. McKinnon's out. I mean, guys that, you know, uh, Trey Sullivan, you know, young guys. You know, Andrew Sandejo, a new free agent that we signed. I, I think it's more of those guys getting and maximizing their reps. Um, even though you know Darby and 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 Jalen uh, McLeod, those guys are getting a lot of mental reps right now. Um, they're also the guys that have been playing and they understand how to play, and it's it's really valuable uh, experience for these young guys to get that rep. Oh, we're done. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge. That takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You tired of me yet? You sure honest. <laughs> good answer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good afternoon. What's keeping Nelson Aguilar out right now? Great question. Uh, no. Um, right now he's, um, he's working through a little lower body, um, and, and quite frankly, um, just want to want to keep, keep as much rest on him as possible right now, and uh, he'll, be, he'll be ready to go for training camp. How good was to see Matt Collins out there getting some, getting some work finally? Yeah, I mean it's it's exciting, you know, and, and um, all along he's he's done a great job this whole off season with, uh, um, you know, with the progress he's made, and um, it's exciting to to see him, you know, moving around and, and doing some really good things. So uh, again, optimistic about his his future. Yesterday we saw him so long. Why has that rehab been such a lengthy? I've never had that injury. I don't know. I don't know much about it. Um, and listen, everybody heals differently. Honestly, um, you know. Um, you know, my issue with my Achilles is different than uh, Brandon Brooks. So, you know, everybody heals a little bit differently, and timetables are uh, obviously different. Yesterday we saw um, Jason Peters talking to Andre Dillard between plays um, during the practice. Is that something you guys ask him to do, or is that all on his own? I encourage the veteran players um, at any stage, off-season, training camp, regular season, to, uh, you know, uh, when they're not in, uh, to kind of pour themselves into the young guys, uh, especially when we get into training camp. But this is a good time to see, uh, for Dillard's standpoint, um, to watch Jason operate and move and and uh, really get a great picture of what it's like to, to be a left tackle in this league. And, and then when we get into training camp and start playing games, Jason, again, will be there to, to help coach him and, and really be another set of eyes on the sideline for uh, for Stout and uh, and Roy. Um, to really help Dillard's growth. You saw Ronald Darby uh, uh, do individual work yesterday. How has he attacked his rehab throughout the offseason? Yeah, I mean, it, great. Um, you know, every again, as I mentioned, every injury is different and everybody heals differently and timetables of, of each player. But uh, um, he's done he's done a, a magnificent job, you know, this offseason, staying here, you know, working through um, – his issues. Uh, it's exciting to start slowly starting to see these guys creep back onto the field and, and start doing some work. So you see the guys have talked about <coughs> the energy out there and, and and some of the guys have mentioned chips on their shoulders. Do you see a difference in, in them and does the way last year ended? In the, in the Did, are they specific about the chip on their shoulder? A couple guys. <coughs> as in? As in, you know, we got knocked out last year and we want to get back to that Super Bowl. Are you noticing any of that? Yeah, and, and th- things I kind of mentioned, um, I think the other day that, that these guys, 
they were disappointed in how our season ended. You know, I thought that, um, and they felt like we were really kind of catching our stride again. You know, late in the year, um, disappointed on how we how we finished our season so close to, you know, potentially moving on and, and being in the NFC Championship game. But you know, it's unfortunate we lost that game. And I think guys kind of it resonates with players. You know, and it was kind of my message at the end of the season. You know, when we were sat here in in January was to we got to remember these moments, remember these times, because that's what's going to make us stronger in the future. And I've seen that sort of excitement and that um, that chip, you know, so to speak, on on the guy's shoulder. And, and they're working hard, and they're uh, all building towards the regular season. Now, it's a long season. We understand that. And um, one-game-at-a-time mentality. But uh, there is a little different vibe with the guys, you know, this offseason that's been very positive. Okay. Malcolm Jenkins confirmed that he uh, wants to have his contract reworked, and that was part of the reason why he wasn't here during OTAs. Do you expect that to have any carryover into how he performs, how he carries himself around here? I don't think so. Malcolm's a pro, and and you know obviously this is not my my area uh, with contracts, but uh, you know um, I have no issues with Malcolm uh, from the standpoint of being a leader on this football team and being here, and it, and it's it shows by his uh, being here this this week. Um, and, you know, I don't expect it to, to be a distraction, you know, for our football team. You talk, you talk about a different vibe with this team right now, but I'm curious, physically, do you see any difference from your guys on the field having a bit of a longer offseason this year? Yeah, the guys are, um, you know, the energy level, number one. Um, guys came back, you know, in, in relatively good shape back in April, and, and they've worked worked hard, and, and, and you're seeing – kind of the fruits of their labor the entire, you know, nine, ten weeks we've been been together. And the, the, the extra time helps, obviously. It refreshes mind, body, and soul, and that's coaches and players. And so there's that renewed uh, energy uh, that you're seeing at this time. Chris Taylor mentioned that you guys were recently talking about a situation where if you're down 15, you go for two the first time. Just what's your process in the offseason for the, those in-game decisions, when to go for two, how to manage the clock, uh, that type of thing? How do you focus on that you know, before the season to make sure you're ready for those? Are we talking week one or are we talking divisional playoff round? For what? For those decisions. Just to get ready for the season to make sure. Well, I mean, there's a thing that – you know, again, those that's all situational football that I try to put our team in, you know, uh, during the during the spring, during OTAs and, and during this this mini camp time, even carry it over into training camp. And there's areas that um, I think talking a little bit yesterday about, you know, keeping things a little fresh for the guys, but putting them in those situations. So we learn from that. We learn as, as play callers and coaches, um, but we also learn as players that, if the coach makes a decision to, to, to go for two or to go for it on fourth down, um, that that the player is prepared and, and ready to go. Um, but it all stems from, you know, making a conscious effort of, uh, you know, putting our guys in those situations. So, so do you have anything like that deciding whether to go for two, you know, what, what the math says, why would it be different week one versus the divisional playoffs? you got a long season in front of you, you know, and, and week one's not going to define your season. So, you know, um, it can be a little different that way, you know, but uh, um, you still have to trust your gut. You know, you, you, you do study the math and you study the situations, uh, you know, over the course of, you know, the past, say, decade uh, with the information that's available to us and, and still make good quality decisions in those areas. And, and you know, quite frankly, regardless of the week, yeah, I was just, just kind of, you know, throwing a little jab in there. It's funny, is, is Dallas in the 
uh, obviously dealing with this issue, you've got an opportunity to see more of Greg Ward, even uh, Mark and Michelle. What, what have those guys kind of shown? Well, first of Greg, um, he's been here, you know, so he understands our offense, and, and he's really and he played a little bit in the AAF this spring, and um, really came in, in into into our came onto our team and into this spring really eager and ready to go. He, he's a little bigger. He's a little stronger. Um, you know, he's a better route runner, having played, having some experience playing. And he's doing a, doing a nice job for us. And then, and then Markin, you know, another young, explosive player that um, didn't really know a whole lot about and, and started getting him in the mix and working him. Uh, you know, those two guys kind of in that slot, you know, in Nelly's spot right now. And uh, they both have flashed and done done a really good job. And, you know, it's part of, um, you know that competition and and the depth that that we talk about a lot around here and and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting camp with with some of those decisions that are going to be made at the end. So without, so without knowing obviously who's going to be on the final roster, having guys like Greg and Braxton Miller who've been quarterbacks obviously can obviously can throw the ball. You've had guys like that before. Um, how do you like how much do you like having guys who can throw the ball who are uh, you know who, who have that experience if you if you want to dial something up um yeah i think it's i think it's you look at all your guys um you know we, we find out that, that nelly can throw and deshaun can throw a little bit and some of these guys i mean you can use them in unique situations and and again this is a, the springtime this is where you know we get a chance to experiment and sort of dabble in some of these uh gadget plays and and find out who uh who can do that kind of stuff and and um it does help to have that QB background, obviously. Um, and then if you ever get to the regular season and they're on your roster and they're active, I mean, you always have that emergency QB situation if, if you need it. Speaking of gadget plays, I remember last year, the, the last day of minicamp, you guys worked in the play you ran against uh, the Falcons, kind of the Philly special look play. How much of the, those things now are new plays that you're installing at minicamp? It, it's not a ton, you know. It's 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 just a handful of plays. Um, we go back and sort of recycle the ones that we've used before, uh, put a new wrinkle on them, try to disguise them a little bit. Uh, and, and and you know, the more time on task and, and the more preparation you have in in these plays, it, it's easier to obviously dial them up in a game or or have them available uh, in a game plan. So plays like that, we uh, you know we continue to work each week. Um, in our in our OTAs and really it starts in phase two when it's just on air, uh, and then in OTAs and, and now this time. So we're going to continue to do that. It's not a wholesale bunch of new plays, but uh, uh, just a few wrinkles of plays we've already used. Do you expect uh, Derek Bar Barnett to be uh, a full go by the time training camp starts? I'm optimistic again with him. Um, you know, I'm not going to put him in a in a box or put a timetable on him, and, and I'm going to make sure he's 100 percent before we put him out there. Yeah, you know, a couple things. I mean, obviously, a very, very bright, uh, smart quarterback. Um, he moves better than than you can actually see on tape sometimes, and his ability to to extend plays. Um, knew he had a had a had a really good arm. You know, watching him on tape, and you see that in in person. And, and for him, it's just about understanding and learning our offense you know with young quarterbacks having been there myself you decision making timing accuracy all those things we talk about can be a little bit a tick behind because you're processing the play um but he's really catching up really fast and and um 
has done has done a really nice job. He's been very consistent. Um, still a long way to go, but but uh, he, he's done a nice job and really looking forward to that next phase now once we get into camp. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you.